When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, guys, and welcome to another episode of the Grind Line Podcast. You're listening to episode 146. I'm here tonight with Ryan and Tyler, but also with Jake Rivard from Winging It in Motown. How are you guys doing tonight? Needed to do that right before you announced Jake, make it like a real big announcement, like ESPN announcement type deal. Mm -hmm. All right. I'm good. We're talking. (laughs) Right? See? See, Jake knows. I get the fanfare. Just being mean. To have a guest on, I didn't want to ins- give him the grand entrance. How do you know I'm not going to insert it later? I'm not going to insert it later. I'm no, you're not. We know, we know better. Sports Center. <laughs> and cease and desist. <laughs> you get those Disney lawyers after you. Well, <laughs> the, the, the last lawyers we want. But how are you doing tonight, Jake? Doing pretty well. Uh, feeling a lot of relief after last night's uh, steamrolling, as I put it. Um, got all my stuff back from the mover. So, you know, <laughs> that's where I thought you were going to go with that at first <laughs> to make a long story short with the listeners. Uh, I may have accidentally hired the mafia um, with my move. Apparently moving is a huge business for the organized crime uh, front <laughs> where they take your things, they extort you out of a lot of money and then deliver your things at the last possible second. So I have been sleeping on an air mattress for two months in Pittsburgh uh, bad enough that I'm sleeping in Pittsburgh, you know, surrounded by Penns fans, but worse yep. knowing that I can't put my head down on an actual pillow. <laughs> Where'd you move from? I moved from Grand Rapids. So I was oh, living out there. Lord. Yep. In the yeah. downgrade of downgrades. <laughs> like, <laughs> if it's financially a much greater improvement, then I guess it's not the downgrade of downgrades. But, uh, you know, after you live in Grand Rapids long enough, I don't know if any of you guys have. Um, Is it like the Columbus or in Ann Arbor? I've been it's, there. It's like Ann Arbor. You know, you, once you do yeah. everything, you know, it's done. Um, but there's and, still all the beer. Yeah. It's oh, true. Pittsburgh's got something, right? Pittsburgh's got a lot to do, don't they? Well, I meant oh, beer-wise, yeah. beer. That's uh, fun I mean. fact about Pittsburgh, and actually all of Pennsylvania, is you can't just go to, like, let's, let's say a Meyer, for example, and buy liquor or beer. You have to go to stores owned by the state government to buy your alcohol. Oh, for the state liquor agency? That's yep. how Ohio is, too. Yeah. Oh, Lord. Like, you can go to a Kroger, but there's a sectioned air- off area that you have to go into that is run by the state liquor li- licensed agency. Let me yep. just buy my liquor in peace. Like yeah, the store. Don't make me jump through hoops to buy my liquor. <laughs> There's a reason that Michigan has a lot of gambling and alcohol commercials. I don't need to go That's to a liquor it's, prison. It's everywhere. <laughs> well, God. tonight, I mean, we drank more than enough liquor uh, when we were playing Calgary in Montreal. And then Jake, we have to talk about those. We will. Uh, yeah. And then, as Jake mentioned, uh, we also drank right. a lot of liquor during the Chicago game, but it was happy liquor. So yeah, <laughs> so we're going to take out the trash before we get to the good stuff. The trash being the Calgary loss and then the absolute dismantling of the Detroit Red Wings by the Montreal Canadiens for absolutely no reason. I feel like we can really just jumble these together because sure. it was pretty much the same effort. It was yeah. one giant pile of shit um, it, yes. in which uh, Philip Ronick played one of those games and then did not play the other. So, oh, God, here we go. That's um, a story in its own right. We can touch on that. Yeah, <laughs> so I've got the team game log pulled up. And if you want to throw it, so actually... The Calgary game on paper does not look as bad as it did on screen. So no, the team which overall, doesn't make sense. Yeah, the team overall had a 53.2 uh, percent for Corsi and a 57.9 for Fenwick, which means we controlled the puck more than the Flames did. Just that's at five do, on five. Yeah, that's at five on five, but just didn't yeah. do what we needed to do with the puck when we had it. Uh, passes, one and done. Passes were missing. There was zero tape to tape. They went back to dump and chase. It was just really ugly. I feel like it was both parts like Markstrom playing out of his mind and Detroit just just shooting in the most boring ways possible. Mm -hmm. Like there was zero creativity. um, No, they just looked lost. They didn't look, I shouldn't say lost, but they just just looked uninspired. 
Yeah, they had 33 shots on Markstrom. And like you said, Markstrom was a, a literal... Now, granted, I don't think uh, a lot were extremely high percentage chances or high threat no. chances, but... There's high shots, pressure, but not out, yeah. outside the first seven minutes, there was nothing. 33 shots is a respectable amount of shots, but Markstrom was also playing really, really good, which is what you expect your new goalie to do. So mm-hmm. it's a lot of stake and not a lot of seasoning. Yeah, I give him a lot of props. Uh, we mm. lost zero to three. So our first, uh, we were shut out for the first time during the season. Uh, it was, I mean, they had 29 shots on goal. So that also was not good. But uh, the team on, like I said, the team on paper looked good, but on ice, it was boring. It was boring and bad. If there was a that chart that says like good and fun and boring and bad, it was in the boring and bad category. Yeah, that mm-hmm. was, that was pathetic. Yep. It, it was confusing too. Like we had a fight two and a half minutes in with yep. Giovanni Smith yep. and Milan Lucic, which most scenarios I'd be all for it, but I was just sitting there questioning the the point. So the thing is with like the Smith and Lucic fight, uh, it, it just was kind of like uninspiring to watch just like the rest yeah. of the game. Um, it felt pretty one-sided. I mean, Lucic is, is a veteran fighter. He knows exactly what he's doing. Yep. Uh, the entire fight, he kept, you know, um, Smith at bay. He made sure he couldn't get any real punches in and then he wore him out and let him hit the ground almost immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it kind of killed the momentum for the offense. It did. That's what where I was something? hoping you were going to go with that because they were flying that first like three to five minutes, Detroit was and then the fight happened they kind of tried to get it back but from from that point on it was just like well okay thanks for showing up guys and what sucks about that is we've been we've been itching for a fight like an actual fight like refs let them go and then we get that and it was kind of like sad trombone noise it was just terrible there's no build up it was just like what are you why are you fighting him right now if anybody fight maddie kachuk you know yes And of course that doesn't happen. Instead, the son of a bitch is slashing Lucas Raymond as he yep. goes across the ice. Fucking right asshole. in front of fucking Chris Rooney, who's like, no, nah, I'm not going to blow my whistle. You just fell. The the referees this season, and that's something I tweeted out. Uh, it was either during the Montreal game or during the Chicago game is that the referees are the worst I think I've ever seen this season. We always say that, though. Did you guys no. catch the, the Avs-Bolts game? No. Where- I mean, like Stamkos did the exact same move that Joseph and Palat did in the first game um, to, I don't remember who, uh, Miko Ranton and need Matthew Joseph. Oh, yep. Me. yep. So oh, the hit Car- was the on Samuel move. Gerard. Yep, Samuel Gerard, that was it. Yeah, and there I, was no call? No. No, there was a penalty, No, there was a call. Yeah, oh, there they was actually a call, did make but, a call. Okay. Yeah. I didn't see it, so I'm, I'm not tracking it. Yeah, but it was, I mean, it's it's the worst officiating. And sure, maybe we say that every year, Tyler, but maybe it just gets that much worse every year. It's yeah, been it's really, possible. really bad this season to the point where I feel like they need glasses and canes out there on the ice because they, it's, do they have eyes? Like the minimum requirement for a referee should be have eyes. And it seems like they don't meet that requirement this year. And again, people taking cheap shots. At, I think Larkin has taken at least one cheap shot in every game he's played in so far. Yep. And he and people keep saying like, and this is where I get mad at the Facebook crowd. I'm saying Larkin oh. needs to calm down. He needs to control himself. He's getting cheap shot every game and the refs are doing nothing about it. So of course he's going to yell at the refs. They're not doing anything about it. And, and that's kind of like, like they said, the fire we've wanted to see from this team is what Larkin's doing. He's standing up for himself. He's standing up for his team, even though he's just continuously getting hit. Mm -hmm. So uh, there were cheap shots in the Calgary game. I don't remember any cheap shots in the Montreal game. Uh, they didn't uh, just the any. shots they took yeah. on the goal. They didn't need any. We got absolutely destroyed and they just that, took cheap shots on our pride. That I thought game, the refereeing in that game was pathetic too. like three power plays in a row for the Canadians and, and they like had two bad. power play goals in a row. And, and I mean, that game to me, I, I just want to step in here real quick. That game to me was a tale of 10 really bad minutes. I mean, they played an okay first period. The second period started off pathetically and then they scored what three goals in 10 minutes or so. And the game was pretty much over from there. And I thought the effort from once they pulled Grice to put Nadelkovich in was much better. But at that point, the game was over. They should have done that much earlier. Yes, I agree. Yeah, yeah I, I was lucky enough waiting for. I was lucky enough to miss that game, but watching the replays just hurt. Um, where was Michael Rasmussen at all during that really game? invisible? Uh, I, I didn't see him anywhere. You know, he's a big, strong guy. He should be nudging his way, like against the competition, like Tyler yep. Johnson did to Danny DeKaiser last night, which I'm sure we'll get to soon. 
Yeah, which is a funny be. point that you mentioned, Raz, because he actually played 17 minutes of ice. He had 17 minutes of ice time that night. I think it was after that game where people were saying, okay, maybe it's time to call up Joe Valeno and, and move Rasmussen for a little bit. And I, I get it. And maybe that's a little bit of a quick reaction, but that was also the game where I'm like, literally no one is in front of the net. There is zero net front nope. presence. And Rasmussen should be parking his ass in front of the net on every single play. Anyone. And in that, I mean, it, it, there was nothing. It was non The team was non-existent that game. That was also the game where they scratched Philip Hronick. Um, he had not played great in Columbus. He had really not played great in Calgary. And and he was scratched. So Philip Peronic so far on the season, and now he's been scratched twice. Uh, he has one assist uh, in four games with uh, averaging 23 minutes of ice time. So his possession metrics also, I mean, he's got a 39.9 Corsi four and a 42.4 Fenwick. Those are terrible possession metrics. Especially for a guy that we're expecting a lot of offensive production, well, but you look at his on the flip side of that though, almost 60% of his starts have been in the defensive zone. And sure. the dude is paired with Danny DeKaiser. That's the other thing. I mean, you're last year. That wasn't such a bad thing this year. It's bad. I think that okay, injury has just taken a toll on him, you know, yeah, uh, the one that ended him in 1920. He's, he's so, slow. so slow. He's gotten slower, which is actually incredible. And we know, <laughs> we know why. And it's because it, with his injury that he the had time off, disorder, well, his leg muscles atrophied and the leg strength wasn't there. So I listened to his interview with art, uh, art had him on red and white authority. And he, he said it was basically, he had after that surgery and the rehab, he had like no leg strength left. And that's why he's so slow. He's working on like one leg. Wow. But at that point, to see, like, sure. You know? but at that point, you throw him on the bottom pair. Why yep. would you then start him on the top pair with Veronic? Now, granted, Veronic, if if Veronic right now is our second, well, should be our second or third best defenseman um, behind Cider, who is now our number one defenseman, clearly. And at this point, it's a toss up between Veronic and Letty. Hironic is not looking like a two or three defenseman. And that is why he's been scratched for two games. Mm. Uh, They brought in Troy Stetcher on all accounts. Troy Stetcher's look fine. I have no issues. He's fast. Uh, He's we're not saying much about him. So he's been, yeah. he's uh, got good blue line control. He knows what he's doing. He played for team Canada. And I was kind of mad that he wasn't in to begin with. Yeah, I agree. uh, At least on your bottom pairing over someone with like Lindstrom. Now Lindstrom has also been good. So, yeah, I was going to say he's been great. Like one of the most noticeable defensemen to start yep. the season. And that's yes. saying something because defensemen are normally not noticeable. That well, being said, I thought he was horrible in that Montreal game. Well, everyone was everyone horrible was in the Montreal yeah. game, Tyler. But I think that we can safely say that Lindstrom of all the defensemen has easily shut us all up, at least yep. through these first six games. P- Is that fair? In, yep. Yes, I agree. In particular, though, in that Montreal game, him and DeKaiser were both miserable, like specifically those two. I don't know if the metrics will show that, but I'll tell you the eye test did. Well, uh, in that game, let's see. Five on five, DeKaiser's Corsi was 36-7. Lindstrom was 34-4, but I will say Lindstrom led the team in blocks. Were they paired together? Uh, that I don't know. I'd have to look. You, you're normally got stall and Lindstrom generally. Yeah. I can find um, out. But it's see. like, I can see now if you would have told me before the season, like this would have been on hot take theater. Gustav Lindstrom will be a better defenseman this season than Troy Stetcher. And right now than Philip Ronick, I would have told you you're full of shit. Um, but no, you had so far six games through, you'd be correct. And I, I don't know if that's a testament to how much work he put in in the offseason, because last season I would have called him a relatively boring defenseman. Um, not much to write home about, a lot of missed opportunities, not very fast, not much offense going that way. Um, but I think he also now has one of the higher goals for on the team, a higher G4 percentage. But let me see. Don't look at the Montreal game because Jake, you asked, mm-hmm. and I'm about to deliver. Okay. Against Montreal, Lindstrom and DeKaiser played 13 minutes and 28 seconds together. Their Corsi was 37-5. Well, there you they have had, it. They had four shots for, nine shots against. Uh, they were on the ice for two goals together, and their expected goals for percentage was 36.9. 
honestly, I had Lindstrom and at the time Chalowski, like their ceilings, I projected them to be closer to like stature, but given the way Lindstrom's been playing, um, there's a chance that he could potentially get a little higher than that. I think he's really surprising everyone. Maybe there's probably some people that truly believed him. I mean, he did have a, a goal, uh, an own goal last night against Chicago that we can t- maybe that we won't talk about after this. He got out muscled big time yeah. there. But I mean, majority of the people here, like we we're like, wow, he why wasn't that the guy you exposed? But now, you know, the Lord and Savior Steve Eiserman has proven us wrong and called us all out for our drunken stupidity. <laughs> Yeah, if you look at Gustav Lindstrom's uh, goals for per 60 at even strength, it's 2.8. Uh, if you look at his uh, time on ice, he's averaging 14 minutes and 18 seconds a night. Uh, he's, I mean, uh, by all accounts right now, he's probably your fourth best defenseman. And that's great for a depth guy. Definitely. Fantastic. I mean, you, again, if you would have told me that last season that Gustav Lindstrom's going to be one of your stronger defensemen, I would have called you crazy. Yeah, and I, I hate to say it, but a guy picked in the Holland era actually coming through. Ooh. You shut your Ooh. goddamn mouth. <laughs> the smile on Jake's face when he said that, knowing the nerve he would hit. And he'll become an Edmonton Oiler next season. I, I have <laughs> one more for you guys. Trade him for Poole Yarvey. <laughs> where in the world is Jordan Osterley? Uh, he's Who's exactly going? where we expected him to be, I guess. He's your extra defenseman. Yeah, he's with the team. Your, so, uh, so, Alex Biega in, in the press box. Yeah, <laughs> so someone tweeted, someone's like, Does Jordan Osterley even exist? Yeah, I've seen him in pictures, in theory. Yeah, <laughs> pretty sure he's a Photoshop at this point. No one knew what Carter Rowney was here for until uh, he scored a goal against I'm saying, we kind of still really don't know. Scoring all Dude, year they, long, they waved uh, Kyle Chris Quolo today. Yeah, I thought he was already with the Griffins, so he was. No, injured. I remembered him being hurt. Yeah, yeah, apparently he was injured in preseason, and uh, they have to wave him to get him to Grand Rapids. He'll pass waivers, yeah. not worry. He was about on it. season opening IR. Yeah, so that's the trash. The trash is that Philip Ronick has been bad um throw those games out of your memory philip Peronic started this season worse than he started last season and i didn't think that was possible um but That's he impressive. did impressive and then we got st- our asses handed to us by the montreal canadians which was very very embarrassing like for it to be montreal but enjoy the one win you'll get all season well do you know what let's should we make it the point as to why it was worse because what were they oh and four oh and five coming in that five. game oh and five so that's where you, you and, kind of, and you know what? I don't want to take pot shots here, but did Cole Caulfield score at all during no, that game? My no, fantasy Cole hockey Caulfield. No. Cole Caulfield. Oh, still still waiting works. on that. Uh, Is that the, that's the new Kakenyemi? I, I would say here. <laughs> yeah, his, don't worry. He when he inevitably gets traded, all the Habs fans are going to tell you that don't worry. He was never that good anyway. We 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 didn't want him anyway. I love and it. And then he'll go score thirty five for the team he gets traded to. Yep. Right. <laughs> that's just what happens in Canada. Old Caulfield uh, should be there, Alex DeBrinket, if if he plays correctly. I think uh, he's yes. a little taller than that, but yeah. <laughs> he should score more than DeBrinket. Yeah, he Honestly, has a better shot. With his mm-hmm. offensive shot? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, garbage. Garbage is behind us. We are moving forward to the just abs uh, Ryan's like biggest fantasy. The six-three win against the Chicago Blackhawks, where God. Ned probably got a, a save of the year contender so far. Lucas Raymond with a hat trick and four points. Oh. Said he's the first uh, under nineteen-year-old or nineteen and under to get four points, uh, and the only other two were Iserman and Gordy Howe. That's not a good bad company. list. Uh, yeah, it's... and and then he was the last one to have a four point game at, uh, or was it a three point game at nineteen since uh, Fedorov and Lind- our rookie to do it since Fedorov and Lindstrom? No, it was the, that Fedorov or was it Shanahan? I thought it was Fedorov and Lindstrom. There's a lot of stats that are out there. Hold on, let me pull. Them yeah, on. I it's think it. the Wings one posted something about Shanahan. Uh, in the last 25 years, I think he was one of the first. All I know is that Lucas Raymond um, broke a lot of Red Wings franchise, like second Red Wing teenager to score a hat trick. Like he, and it's his sixth NHL game, his sixth NHL game, he did this. And you knew it was coming because he had been the best, if not the second best forward on ice every night. 
Uh, Dylan Larkins got back off to a hot start. He's doing very, very well. He also had a three point night. He's showing that he's healthy. That was the issue last season. That's huge. And huge for this you know, team. What we noticed during the Montreal game is Tyler Bertuzzi's very, very clear absence. Uh, with yep. If he was on that Habs, during that Habs game, I think you'd have a slightly different uh, result. Maybe it'd be 5-2, who knows, but like that's one less goal and one more goal for. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, you're retrieving more pucks and getting a little more scrappy. Yep. For sure. It, it takes a lot off of Larkin and Raymond because I'm surprised, to be honest, that with him not there, that it wasn't Zadina. Because of yeah. the chemistry it seemed like they had in the preseason. Yeah, and I, I am surprised they put Fabry up there because Fabry can be, uh, I think Zadina, um, for as much shit as people give him, is more defensively sound than Robbie Fabry is. Mm-hmm. I will say, though, I mean, Fabry's been playing out of his mind the first couple of games, too. Like, he did. In that Chicago game, every and time in the he preseason. was on the ice, yeah, something fun would happen. Did you guys notice, I think it was, what game was it? Was it Tampa where him, Bert, and Raymond were all laughing at the same time? What game was that? <laughs> one of the best, that was uh, against Vancouver. Vancouver, okay. Uh, I, I couldn't remember which one it was, but that is the best photo they, that is on the internet. meme, right? right yeah, yeah, they were laughing at Alex. Uh, so they were talking to Alex Chason. Um, About his... Um, no, they were... Was it the name thing? Wrong. That was they the were, assumption, right? Or was that actually Well, no. Truth? So they were... Alex Chason was going back and forth with Bert. Bert was telling him to sit down. And then apparently Oliver Ekman Larson said something, and that's who they were laughing at. Oh, <laughs> um, like Daniel's like, they're probably talking to him about... Apparently, in one of the first games, they spelled Chason's name wrong on his jersey. So he was out there with the wrong name on his jersey, which what kind of franchise are you when you can't spell your players' names right? Now, my question is, did Chason notice it or did he just kind of like suck it up and put it on and keep going? (laughs) Don't they usually put your names facing out (laughs) when you walk up? (laughs) Yeah. Don't they have a list of names that they look at before they go and grab letters or like, I mean, they spelled the Chicago spelled flurry's name wrong on they that. They did. And on oh, social media. Right. Yeah, they did. It's hilarious. Um, <laughs> but it was, so the Chicago game was awesome. Uh, we did everything. I mean, the team's Corsi four percentage was 52.4 and their Fenwick was 56.5. We controlled possession. Um, most of the time. And when we were controlling possession, magical things were happening. Like I said, Nedeljkovic played very well. I think he ended with a something like a 915 or a 918 save percentage that night. And and it was really good. And I had I, I watched the game from start to finish, and at no time did I feel like I needed to turn the TV off, mm-hmm. which was a stark difference from the Montreal game. <laughs> And like so, I said, happy real drink. quick, I figured out with a Shanahan stat. It was for Bertuzzi, who was the third player in a 25-year span to have nine-plus points through their first five games of a season. And that was Zetterberg in 07-08 and Shanahan in 0-102. Ironically enough, both cup years. Yeah. And you're, <laughs> how about that, huh? Sad, huh? I, I'd like to extend a personal thank you to Seth Jones, who was on the ice oh for four minus Red five Wings goals. Yeah. He had a record, I think, like the worst percent possession metrics of the season already. And it was like by at least a point or two. Um, like it was it was a ridiculous number, like what? a negative five or something. And we had slightly mentioned this to uh, when we talked to Jake's favorite analyst, Jay Fresh. <laughs> um, and he, he had said like, everyone thinks Seth, Seth Jones is a great defenseman. Seth Jones is not a good defensive defenseman. And he got roasted online for it. And then he's a minus five in that game against the Red Wings where he just looked terrible. And that was the same thing. Like NHL networks, Twitter account would post all these great, like Hattrick Lucas Raymond and the stats and gifts. And on every reply was you guys might as well thank Seth Jones. It's a great night for Seth Jones being paid like $6.5 million a year or whatever he's being. I think it's paid. 9.5 now. Yeah, 9.27 yeah. minutes. That's not until next year. That's uh, not until next the year. The next, you mean the next eight? <laughs> he had 27 minutes of ice time. Yeah. He against Detroit. shouldn't have. And he was only a minus period. three, by the way. Have you guys ever seen a defenseman that was regarded as a franchise defenseman decline at the rate at 27 years old the way this guy is? No, if you look at his charts too, he peaked at like uh, 23, 20 21. No, it was right even younger than Columbus. that. Yeah. And then he started going downhill and it's, I mean, he's, it's just a, it's, it's a bummer. I, I like Seth Jones. I really do. I think he's a great offensive defenseman, but he's, he's basically, was Chicago stupid. He's basically just like 
a better Tyson Berry, and that's not a compliment. Ooh. 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 Does he need Ooh. to take the reverse Jonathan Erickson route? Maybe they need to move him to forward. What the Blackhawks are doing would probably be a good power forward, to be honest. What Honestly. the Blackhawks are doing reminds me a lot of what the Red Wings tried to do. Oh, you know, the, the end of the Ken Holland era, bringing in veterans. And I know they, they didn't bring in a guy, give them like a, you know, an eight year deal or whatever. But I mean, there Thank was God. some horrible <laughs> contracts like Nielsen and re-signing Erickson and bringing all these. Tyler, guys we in. don't need to readdress our pain. Okay. <laughs> okay. Tyler, but we I'm already took out the trash. This is supposed doing, to be the happy stuff. What they're doing is reminding me a lot of what Ken Holland did at the end. I kind of love that though. I love know? it. Oh, it's great. I, it's, it's great. <laughs> so what you're saying is they're su- probably supposed to start a rebuild, but they're rebuilding on the fly, which was Ken they're Holland's magical. Yeah, it was their magical catchphrase. Ken Holland's rebuild on the fly. The only Kicking team, tires. <laughs> the only team I've seen that can do that is Boston. Boston did that once. Yeah, yeah, Boston's going to get back Ron. to it though soon. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, they're going to have to rebuild. They're going to get Eichel, inevitable. and you know what? It's just going to keep going. <laughs> oh, they're going to get God. Eichel, and then he, his surgery is going to end his career. And that would be, be just so over. sad. It'd be horrible. And we're just going to stop right here for a second for a message from DraftKings. NFL fans hungry for a big win this week? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has you covered. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game, and if they do, you win $200 in free bets. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game, and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with promo code THPN this week at DraftKings, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required, one per customer, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. So the other exciting news with our rookies is if you look at the rookie scoring race or the rookie leader races right now, uh, Lucas Raymond, yeah, Lucas Raymond leads all rookies in points with seven, all rookies in goals with four. That's the most excitement you can say, say, say it as. Yeah. That's all you can do with that one. But here's the more excitement. Bring some pizzazz to your tone right there. Lucas Raymond leads rookies in scoring. Did you just pound your table? AKA Tyler Seeley. The exciting part, Ryan. I'm still waiting for your excitement. That's not your excited voice, Craig. In second place with five points, all assists, Moritz Sider. The Red Wings have two of the top top two because uh, Drew O'Connor in Pittsburgh has five points. Pittsburgh legend, Drew O'Connor. Who doesn't even have a... What's funny is all these people don't have stock pictures. So when you look at them, they're all just like gray helmets. Lucas (laughs) Raymond doesn't either. No. So Aww. Lucas Raymond leads uh, Drew O'Connor, uh, Anton Lundell, like and Moritz Sider uh, are all tied with five points for second. And you know what's really Drew interesting? Drew O'Connor looks all, like a 12-year-old. All the other rookies, rookies on that list are on playoff caliber teams or mm-hmm. contending teams. Yep, absolutely. Uh, it's, it's great to see because what a lot of people have brought up was that before the season, many outlets had uh, – and about a zero, maybe a 5% chance of Lucas Raymond making the team. I think out yeah. of training camp, <laughs> what did we have him at? Probably like before the season, I think we said he was at about a 20% chance of making the team. And then I, I think, think that was a 50, 50 out of training camp. Uh, we had him, I mean, out of training camp, we had him at a definite chance of making the team because Verona got injured, but I, I mean, we were high on Lucas Raymond from the beginning. If anyone was going to make it, it was going to be him. And there's the circumstances of Verona being out. There is no way in hell he goes to Grand Rapids after Verona comes back. You know what I keep thinking about? Speaking of which, if you thought that Chicago game was fun, like imagine what this offense is going to look like once Verona gets back. And imagine the problem we're going to have because where does Verona go? He's going to go on one of those top lines. Yeah, Yeah, you you put him on your top. You put him in your second line. 
yep. at that point. So who gets moved down? These guys are healthy and playing the way that they are, which we know there's going to be some decline. That's just how the season goes. But if they're maintaining this, you slot Verona in on that second line, you drop one of those guys down on that third line, and guess what? You got three scoring lines. See, my hot take, and this is one that I said at the start of the season, one of the core members of the team, so Larkin, uh, we'll say Larkin, Hronik, Bertuzzi, or Fabry is going to get traded. And I don't think it's going to be Bertuzzi. I think it'll be Fabry. I think it'll be Fabry. I think this season, realistically, you can't trade Bertuzzi. Um, Imagine a contender. Is it going to be for a first, though? That's my question. Uh, That's the only way I'm trading them. Fabry? Yeah. I think you could probably pull off something involving like Vitaly Kravstov from the Rangers and like. So you think it's going to have to be NHL ready talent? Maybe. I mean, it depends. Like in this situation, like I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Kravstov situation. Um, Mm -hmm. He He wants out. He was going to make the, for the people who don't know, he was going to make the Rangers roster. um, And then he wound up getting sent down to the AHL and he just refused to play. Um, A lot of reports (laughs) have come out saying that like the manager of the Rangers has been like, you know, very public in his criticisms of Kravstov. He's like, you know, uh, verbally undressed him in front of uh, his teammates, you know, just like embarrassed him. Um, and, you know, it, it's just made him very upset. And he clearly wants out uh, and the Rangers want him out. So I think he'd be a very interesting person to target. So is it going to be a Robbie Fabry for Jacob De La Rose one for one deal again? <laughs> I think you could probably, you know, given, given Iserman's skill, you might be able to net another pick. Um, it depends on how much the Rangers value Kravstov and how much the Red Wings value uh, Fabry. He was one of their guys that their fans were extremely excited about. Very oh, yeah. And very pissed when he said he wanted to be traded. Yep. So, so how yeah. does he not make the team, but then you have a guy like Greg McKegg that makes a team. That, that to me just doesn't make any sense. That's the best I'm name sorry. in hockey. Greg McKegg, he's amazing. He sounds like a frat star. <laughs> That's what Greg said on one of the first podcasts we ever had. Does he walk Bro, around in a Waterman jacket? Right. <laughs> McKegg, what up? Yeah. <laughs> they, no, call, they, they call him the keg. You have to call him the keg. It's so I kind of want to know if that's actually a thing, because um, if it is, that's fantastic. Speaking of the Rangers, here's a fun fact. Uh, oh, Raymond's seven points are now at one third of Alexei Lafreniere's <laughs> rookie season of 21 <laughs> points. Uh, oh. So already a third of the way there. Um, in, I want to say like almost a tenth of the games he played. So are we tallying how many rookies and prior year rookies that Jake's going to take a dig on tonight? How many fan bases can we <laughs> piss off in one night? So Jake, if you didn't hear our bold ass predictions a uh, couple episodes ago, I have Lucas Raymond at 50 points, 25 goals, 25 assists. Oh my. Yeah. He went big. I think Ryan had him at 40. Yeah. I'd have to I go back and about, listen. I forget. I think I had him 45, at 45. Go. Yeah. yeah. I've got 50 uh, and he's well on his way there. Easily. I mean, I, I, I sure as shit didn't expect the start that he just had. Now is you it know, gonna, it's gonna cool off? You gotta think, right? You know is who's sitting. <laughs> you know who's sitting in a corner, real happy with this start right now because he's got the "I told you so" on. Tony Ferrari. Oh, Tony. Yeah, Tony. Tony. Yes, he does. Uh, same he's thing had with some Cider. fantastic tweets lately about yep. those two. Do you same see thing his with Cider. Uh, he thinks that Raymond is going to score more than Lafreniere and Stutzel this season. Oh, of course. Oh, um, Ottawa is still a shit show. Um, yeah, Ottawa's not, that's not fair for Ottawa, but that's the Lafreniere one is interesting. I, I, I'm kind of inclined to agree at this point. Um, I haven't watched a lot of games in New York, so I can't, I don't know what he's looked like or how he's been doing. Is so he, he's he been playing, playing with Zdenejad and Kreider on their first line. And he's still um, not scoring. He had a goal and an assist one night. I haven't really okay. kept track beyond that, but um he, he hasn't, he's been great defensively. I mean, he's, he's kind of like how Zadina is, you know, he's great at every other metric, but you're just waiting for him to hit the score sheet. So another update from tonight, Ryan, um, TJ Oshie has a hat trick. Oh my. Someone oh, threw in the first period. I thought right? someone threw their bra on the ice. Of course they did. <laughs> God bless it. <laughs> so, so someone took a picture and goes, bra, someone threw their bra on the ice for Oshie's hattie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it's amazing. Um, uh, yeah. Lafreniere has three points, by the way. He has two goals, one assist through six games. I think we had talked about it before the draft is that Lafreniere was the most NHL ready talent at the time. He could step right yeah. into a lineup and play. He, I, we had also said that by the end of the day, he probably doesn't have the highest ceiling. 
Someone like uh, Quentin Byfield has a higher ceiling than Alexi Lafreniere. They said even someone like Tim Stutzla has a higher ceiling. I think Lucas Raymond has a higher ceiling than Tim, than Tim Stutzla. I think that Raymond is going to be one of the top two players in that draft. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think he's going to be better than Quentin Byfield personally, um, but I'm a huge Byfield guy. So that's, that's just my own personal bias here. Even though I love Raymond to death, Raymond, if you're listening, uh, you're the man. <laughs> Hopefully he can recover from that injury. I hate yep. to see that. I know. It'll be interesting to see what happens from that draft class because I mean, clearly a lot of people thought Raymond would be spending the, at least part of the season in the AHL, but here we are. And he's just blowing the doors off. Same with Mo Sider. Mo Sider is our most steady defenseman. The most creative defenseman we have currently only took him like two games to get to the level that he is now. And I mean, you're seeing him just spin to avoid moves. You're, you're seeing no look passes. You're seeing bank, perfect bank to tape passes. Who are we talking about? Mo Sider. Sider. He's just, I got, I got, I got distracted looking for the bra thing. <laughs> I found it. I found it. I it, by the way. <laughs> but yes, so we're talking about cider. Ryan, welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the. Well, <laughs> the broad, you talk, you brought the up broadcast. boobs. I got distracted. Things happened. But it's cider is an absolute treat to watch. He was moved up during, I believe it was the Montreal game to the top pairing. And he's looked great with Letty and he's, he's our best defenseman right now. I mean, hands down our best defenseman from both the defensive and even an offensive standpoint currently. And that's like not even exaggerating either. No, Uh, not at all. Not at all. So I was watching the unfortunate Eddie Olchek, Pat Foley um, (laughs) broadcast of the game last night. I don't like Eddie O anymore. He he still talks, he still homers in Chicago, but I mean, that's where he's at now. Yeah. yeah, He wasn't too, too bad last night. Actually, it's funny. They they were kind of really talking shit about the Blackhawks, but besides the point is they were talking up Lucas Raymond and, and uh, Moritz Sider just like crazy, like, Oh, this is the potential for Detroit to have, you know, the next great scoring winger and the next best defenseman in the NHL. And just like all this crap that they were saying, it's just like, Holy crap, a Chicago broadcast is saying this. And then not only that, and then listening to 32 thoughts today, Jeff Merrick and Elliot Friedman were both saying that, that Lucas Raymond Moritz Sider, it's it's starting to seem like you know the start of like when the Maple Leafs made the playoffs that first time and lost to the Capitals, like that kind of magic. So I mean, anytime you hear that from from you know higher up people like that, it's it's great to hear. I was excited until you said that uh, it reminded you of the Maple Leafs. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that really turned. You know, we had the boner pills going there. Well, Tyler, let's, just, then, let's just say the all beginning. of a sudden we just saw our grandma's naked. <laughs> let's just oh. say the beginning, okay? Because I mean, you, you, we all can admit that when they got Babcock and they got Shanahan and all those guys and Austin Matthews and Marner and all those guys all came up together and they played Washington. I think they lost in six games. Everyone's like, "Oh man, here we go. The Leafs are going to be tough every year." And <laughs> the reality of Babcock set in. You mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, everything just hasn't worked out for them. We've we kind of talked about this earlier, but uh, yeah, I mean, definitely good to hear when when people like that are talking about two stars or stars in the making. I guess. Since we're on the uh, fun fact train tonight, if you want to say six games in Swedish, you say it as sex matcher. That is the best, <laughs> best retweet I've been able to have yet. So, yeah, they were congr- for London was congratulating uh, Lucas Raymond. Uh, they tweeted six games in his NHL career. Lucas Raymond makes his first hat trick in the world's best ice hockey league. Um, but in Swedish, it starts out as sex matcher. So, uh, it was so overall. For a second there, it sounded like you said sex snatcher. Sex matcher. I, I was just con- I was confused. Um, and it's even better. Speaking of fun facts, did you guys know that last night Chicago actually got a record? They uh, now have the longest start to a season without ever having a lead. Yes. History of the NHL. God, I love those stats. (laughs) Especially (laughs) Especially when when it's Chicago. Chicago. (laughs) Fuck that team. So Um, if anything, they should be thanking us for helping them get that record. They also lost their sellout streak last night, too. They did lose a sellout streak. They should raise banners for those. Just be like, all, uh, be like just, the Predators. Mm-hmm. We also relish on the fact that Lucas Raymond apparently has Marc-Andre Fleury's number. Yeah. Like a lot of people do right now. You go back. He had that beautiful 
top down on um, the than the preseason. Right? Yep. And then he beat him three different ways. Now, granted, the one was on a rebound, so I, I don't really take too much on it. It was a bad rebound. But then he beat him five hole, five hole, and yeah. So he's got he's got him confused, I think. And now, granted, he's a rookie. Maybe he just isn't used to him. But that Chicago things I wasn't expecting. Was that. That's a Vezina well, winning that goalie. You know, yeah. one of the greatest goalies of all time. <laughs> it tweeted out that uh, is the Vezina Trophy for worst goalie in the league, or what's going uh, on? <laughs> how many? Pissed off Hawks fans, did you get on that one? No, and I'm sure we just got blocked by all of them. Well, that's true. Didn't but, like I got blocked like today. To do me talking about jerseys, <laughs> but it was it. So overall, that game was really, really good. Uh, our our team showed up. Our team fought hard. I don't think I have a problem saying that Larkin, Raymond, Bertuzzi is one of the top lines in the NHL right now. I believe uh, it's statistically the they are. Actually. Yeah, I mean, actually uploaded a little graph with it. Statistically and visually. Like the eye yeah. test matches the stats. Yep. They are one of the best top lines in the entire league right now. And it's just, they gel and it's phenomenal. And you can't, like I said, when Verona comes back, I can't break the top line up right now. No, you've got to put Verona on the second with Suter and Zadina and you got to move Fabry down to the third or like Jake says, trade Fabry for assets. So it, it's really nice to see when they're on, they're on, and they're all at over a point per game pace right now, which is phenomenal. And we hope it continues. It's, it can't continue at the rate it is. If it does, that's ridiculous. But uh, let's hope each of them are on almost a point per game pace this season. Right. What's a comparable to Lucas Raymond, you think, like an NHL comp? <sighs> so they were saying initially Mitch Marner, Mm-hmm. I think it's could be higher than that. Like yeah, I mean, he's, got a, he's got a much better shot than Marner. Yeah. So Pasternak is is almost your pure goal scorer. I think Raymond's a better setup guy than Pasternak. So who is might be like his own class of player? Honestly, it could be. Ooh. I mean, you're he may have offensive instincts like Pasternak. He may have. I mean, I'm trying to think of another really, really good setup guy. He's like a Let's better, go. like a much better Jordan Eberle, maybe. Let's go I mean, like vintage Red Wings, like a Henrik Zetterberg kind of player. I think he has more offense than Zetterberg. Well, that's what I mean. Uh, like a Henrik Zetterberg type with a little bit more offense. I mean, Zetterberg was a winger. At, I wouldn't at say he has more offense. Maybe I would say more scary shot per se. He's because so of Zetterberg's scary offense. accurate. I mean, maybe like a diet like Sergei. Ser- Sergey Light yeah, is that what we want to call him? Like Sergey Light, boneless Sergey Fedorov. He's he's, he's Sergey Fedorov adjacent. Is that what mm-hmm. we want to say he is? We got the mild sauce. I don't know. It's <laughs> I, I think right now. It, ask me in five more games who who is who is NHL comp is, and I think I can probably safely tell you off after ten games who who I would comp him against. Wait, the Senators just got a hat trick. What is happening right now? What is going on in this game? Who are, are you watching? He's I clearly the Senators. Come across no, it came across Twitter that somebody for the Senators just got a hat trick. Hold on, what's the score in this I'll game tell, right I'll tell now? You right now, I got the NHL app. Who here. are the, the Sens Caps? playing? The the Capitals. Oh, she has a hat trick too. Oh, what's the score? It was four to one at one point. Capitals, and so I'm waiting for the score to show up. I don't know. All I know is I just Drake Batherson. I just saw yeah, a commercial for um, Burger King ghost pepper chicken nuggets. I'm going to have to go get those tomorrow. Let me go. Let me just turn the game on. Stamkos got another real dirty hit. Uh, it's a uh, six, five Washington. So this time it looks like uh, the video I'm watching Stamkos put a shoulder into Dylan cousins, head. Um, oh. no call. No call. Oh, of course. No, I mean, it's, it's cross checks and headshots are perfectly fine. Holy shit. The, Washington, the Washington game real quick is six to five. Yeah, six capitals. <laughs> yeah. It finally loaded for me and they're still throwing hats in the ice. And it's 13 minutes left in a third. Wow. <laughs> and you know, we're, uh, the wings are playing the capitals in a couple days. So I don't yep, know how this I, game's going to look, but they might get a little pissed. Yeah. Mm, um, great. So, so we all know the game was good. We know our rookies are phenomenal. We know our top line is clicking. What I kind of want to talk about a little bit before we sign off tonight is guys who are doing really good, like overachieving. 
uh, and guys that you think need to pick it up. So I want one example from each of you. So one guy you think needs to pick it up, one guy you think is doing better and will probably cool down below where he's at. And Jake, we'll start with you because you're the guest and guests go first. Appreciate it. Um, as for, for overachieving, I guess I would say Gus Lindstrom. Um, I think he's playing great. I think he's going to continue to play good. I don't think it's going to be at the high level that we're seeing right now. I think he's going to slot in probably as your fifth defenseman, maybe a ceiling of a fourth, like Troy Stetcher. Um, as for somebody who needs to pick it up, Pia Suter, he is leading the team in shots, but I don't believe he has a single point. He might have an assist. Um, I'd have to double check that, but Pia Suter is pointless through six pointless. Minutes. Yep. And averaging 15 minutes and 34 seconds of ice time, though he has looked good. He has, but yeah. I mean, for a second line center, uh, somebody who should be driving a lot of that play, he's been less than ideal. And I think if he picks it up, Zadina and Fabry in turn will also have uh, a little more effort on their end. He's only two of five Red Wings that don't have a point this season. I think Giovanni. He's, he's, one, he's one of five. I'm sorry. Two of those are goaltenders. Yes. I was going to say, right now, one is Grice and another is yeah. Nadelkovich. <laughs> the other two are Giovanni Smith and Troy Stetcher. Troy yeah. Stetcher's played in a whopping two games, and Giovanni Smith has just been there. Yeah, he's been there. Which, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Ryan, you want to go next? What was the question? Who's the overachiever? Who's your overachiever and who's your underachiever? Who needs to pick it up? I think my overachiever right now is Domestikov. Okay. Um, I think I, I would, I know we talked about him, hopefully maybe stepping it up this season, but we, we also didn't, weren't quite sure what his status was going to kind of be coming into the season. I think we kind of wrote him off in a way as maybe an odd man out. If we said he needed to pick it up, if he was going to even make the team for sure. But we also were kind of worried that if Raymond were to come to fruition and obviously Verona was going to be healthy, that maybe Vlad is the guy that's like, okay, well have fun. But I mean, I get it that he's had empty net goals, but he has been to me a guy that's noticeable, but in a good way, he's been strong in the four check. He's been aggressive in the offensive zone. And I feel like he's gotten faster or maybe it just wasn't on display last season because he's all over the ice and it's offensively and defensively. And for a guy averaging, averaging so far, just a little over 14 minutes of ice time per night, he's he's making an impact, but in a good way. And yeah. I feel like the way that he's performed for being a depth player at this point has been very solid. And I've been, uh, along with Lindstrom, I think Lindstrom, as I kind of touched on, has been a, a pleasant surprise as well. But I've been really liking Vlad and his performance up to this point, he's got four points in six games, three goals, one assist for what he's here for. That's what you would hope for. So Vlad also is fourth on the team in on ice shooting percentage at 19. The team shoots at 19.2%. Well, Vladislav Nemestikov is on the ice. So yeah, there you go. Yeah. But so, oh, I'm not done, Tyler. He needs his, he needs his my underperformer. I, I kind of want to lean on Giovanni Smith a little bit right here. Because I think for the most part, other than, I mean, I think the more obvious one could be Phil Peronic. We, we talked, I'm going to go with a tie between those two, actually. And my reason being, Giovanni Smith has been extremely underwhelming. We knew that he was a tough guy. He could go out there, throw a body and do something. But we also thought that there'd be a little bit more offensive punch, be it a downgrade of Rasmussen. But it's a guy that would go to the dirty areas and do the things you hope that he would do the right way. Well, he's not doing it the right way. He's getting stupid penalties called on him. He's fighting with a guy that is, you know, 20 years past his prime at this point in Milan Lucic. And you're just like, dude, what are you here for? And then there's Hronik, as we talked about already. Yes, he's get eaten up a lot of minutes, but as Greg, to quote you, he's playing worse than to the start this season than he was last year. And that's not good. No, it's bad. He's a guy that at 24 years old, yes, we know that he's not a top tier defenseman in this league but he is a very good middle pair defenseman in this league or should be could be and that's not happening yet will it happen hopefully, hopefully. He, he needs to definitely freaking turn it around at this point so that's that's kind of where i'm at tyler i need your yes. best and your worst yeah so my best so far i mean has been tyler bertuzzi i think now you think that's overachiever, meaning you think he's going to yes. cool down. Yes, I think he is going to cool down. I don't think that he's going to continue to score six goals in, in what, five games? You don't think he's so. going to end the season with like 160 points? No, 
No, the last so, couple seasons, and I think that's a pretty consistent start from him. But yeah, he usually starts out strong, and I think he'll fade a little bit. Not to say that he's not going to get a lot of points. I just think that the goals will probably go away, and they'll go towards Larkin and Raymond. Um, and then for my underachiever, um, I, you guys are going to give me some crap for this one, but I think Philip Zadina. You still ask for a little bit more uh, than what he's giving you so far. What he's got one goal and two assists. Is that what he's got right now? I know he had the one goal against the um, Philip Zadina. Has I just had this one up. goal and two assists. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So he had the one goal against the uh, the Canucks and I was in the building for that. And but besides that, I really haven't I'm not saying that he's been bad. I just think that there needs to be more production there. And I think also some of it needs to come on the power play and um, you know, the power play has been non-existent to be honest with you Uh, other than the Larkin goal. And then what was it? The Raymond goal on the power play, uh, the hat trick goal. So, I mean, besides that um, the other guy that I kind of look at as well, um, I would say Rasmussen, there needs to be more there. I mean, he had a great year last year. And uh, he finished strong and everything else. And I think there just needs to be more there. There needs to be more nastiness if he's not going to be scoring or, or, you know, putting the puck in the back of the net or, or, you know, at least getting some points there. He's got to go to the front of the net. He's got to get to the dirty areas. I'm not saying he's got to play like a dirty player or, you know, check people for the sake of checking people, but he needs to be definitely more physical for his size. And not only that, but he's got to go to the front of the net and, and create havoc there. And I, I, there wasn't much there in the Canadians game and certainly in the flames game either. I thought he was much better in the Chicago game though. Yeah. I'm going to say my overachiever is going to also be Tyler Bertuzzi. I do not think 150 points are realistic this season. (laughs) Not with that Uh, attitude. You don't say (laughs) exactly. Um, I, he, I mean, Tyler Bertuzzi picked up where he left off after his nine games last season and before his injury, it looks like his back for all accounts are fine. Do we know why he left the ice during the Chicago game? He, he went to the head. I thought, was it because it was, they were Chicago, went to like a little oh, break no. and he oh, went down the that? tunnel with Pete Van Zant and then came back. So if it was just, I didn't catch up. It was just an equipment issue or what it was. Um, but he came I back. I thought I tweeted so, about it. Um, Tyler Bertuzzi, he's, there's no way he's going to stay on this pace. If he ends the season with 65, 70 points, I mean, that's you're probably top level for Bertuzzi right now. Um, I think it, with playing with that Larkin and, and Raymond, with playing with Larkin and Raymond, he may hit a point per game. Raymond could go over a point per game. Larkin could go point per game plus. That's going to be a really, really good line. So, but I don't, I mean, the pace that he's on right now is absolutely unrealistic. He's a 42.9 shooting percentage. That's like almost half of his shots go in. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, so just, side note, Bert look, went off cause he hyperextended his knee when they were reviewing that, mm, uh, that uh, kick in goal. I forgot. That's what I was trying to find. He like his knee, like buckled on him when he was going in on the net. I can't so, believe they reviewed that goal. <laughs> so yeah, the where he kicked it and then it went off Johnson two's skate into the net. Um, what did yes. you say, Jonathan? Yes, Apparently, there's two Johnsons on Chicago. There's yeah, Reese number Johnson who's from the AHL, and then obviously Tyler Johnson, the bane of Detroit. Yeah, so there were two Johnsons, and I thought Tyler Johnson kicked it in. That was the defense. That's what I said. Defenseman. I said there can only be one Johnson. They need to have a fight to the death, oh, <laughs> a OB battle of the Johnsons. Um, but it's it, Tyler Bertuzzi right now: six goals and three assists in five games for nine points, with a shooting percentage of forty-two point nine, average time on ice of eighteen minutes. Three blocks, four hits, and a 75% face-off percentage. Um, he has won three face-offs and lost one. So, it, it, unrealistic. Unrealistic to keep that up. Uh, for yeah. reference, Lucas Raymond, who's clearly got, like, the best shot on the team, is at a 25% shooting percentage currently. And even that's really high. So, I, I think Bertuzzi is the one that will end up cooling down. Uh, for my underachiever, Adam Ernie. Um, what happened? Adam Ernie looked like he was back on reality. Yeah. Like end of last season, Adam Ernie had led the team in like goals. Um, it was sad, but it looked like his offense was coming up and this season so far, I mean, he's got three points, a goal and two assists. 
but I mean, I'm 15 minutes and 18 seconds of ice time with a shooting percentage of 10%, 10 shots on that. So in six games, he has 10 shots. He's had some defensive flubs. He's had some good chances. I mean, I think Adam Ernie's had a couple breakaways so far this season, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but I think I'm, I'm hoping Adam Ernie is a little bit better. I mean, it's, Greg, I don't know how familiar you are with the Adam Ernie saga on Twitter, but if you tweet out Adam Ernie's name, he will find it and he will probably favorite it. If you are critical of him, really? I made the mistake of doing this and he went off on that huge tear. He, <laughs> he, he likes bad he things that are name. said about him. Yep. <laughs> how, what does that say about his level of vanity? So I made a tweet at the beginning of the off season or near the end of the off season where I was talking about players regressing. And I said, Adam Ernie's almost certainly going to regress. He likes it, goes into the game that night. And I think he scored like two goals and an assist. Oh shit. Maybe you should tweet bad stuff about Adam Ernie. Haters are his motivator. See, I was going to do an Adam Ernie appreciation post and see if he likes it. Maybe I'll just tweet that picture of him with the mullet and say, Adam Ernie is nothing without his mullet and he'll like do it, it and then grow <laughs> it back. Get it, Greg. He, uh, Actually, you know, Nolan Bianchi, the uh, Detroit news guy, did, ended up favoriting one of this. Uh, or like he said something about Adam Ernie. Adam Ernie favorited it. And he said later on, he was like, at this rate, I'm going to have to walk into opening night with an Ernie jersey. Ernie favorites that. <laughs> ended up buying an Ernie jersey. Is that why he bought it? Yep. <laughs> oh, I, I didn't know he actually bought story. it. Yeah, we no. still haven't seen it. So I, I give him shit every once in a while. So every couple of games, I'm like, where's the Ernie jersey, you coward? Ernie must have notifications turned on for his name. Oh, whenever yeah. his name gets tweeted, it's just like fills up his, his box. So <laughs> we're going to have to start tweeting more about Adam Ernie. Maybe he'll follow. Maybe he'll toss us a follow and we can get him on the podcast. In case you guys care, the Leafs are losing again with 21 seconds left, four to one. So let's oh, take a hey, over, over, that's under huge, on that's how many Freddie Anderson, my goalie. Over, under on how many jerseys would be thrown <laughs> on the ice is set at four. In Carolina? Uh, zero in Carolina. Yeah, I'm going to say no. There's got to be some the Leafs fans good. in Carolina. Yeah. Why would you ever throw a jersey on the ice? Unless you bought only, only if it's Fanatics ones? jersey. Yeah. <laughs> a Fanatics one or one of those fake, you know, jerseys. They got their $30 jersey from some the, Chinese. The Chinese website. jerseys are better than that. Oh, it looks like uh, Buffalo I agree, actually. just beat Tampa 5-1. to one. No. <laughs> uh-huh. This, bu- this Buffalo that? team's Brian legit, Elliott. I'm telling you. Oh, okay. That's more. <laughs> that makes, makes a little bit more sense. So headline is Eichel holding Buffalo back. <laughs> and uh, is is Tampa going to miss the playoffs? How does this Toronto affect the miss the playoffs? There's, there's my Sportsnet headline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you need your clickbait what does, headline. What does Mitch Marner think of the Bolts-Sabres uh, game last night? Mitch Marner has less teeth than Toronto goals now. Dude, oh, he got guys, hit in the face in this game, by the yeah, way. He did. Yeah. You guys yeah. need to look up the uh Marner. Marner. Slavin pass that led to a goal. I think it was one of the first goals that the Canes scored. Marner's defensive effort there, bad. I mean, like, like some of the like like Danny DeKaiser level bad. Do you think Marner doesn't want to be in Toronto anymore? I don't know, man. That's I his think, home too, isn't it? Yeah. He's got all the like, you know, you're treated like a celebrity out there if you play in Toronto or Montreal. But you're also accosted by the media. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Mantha hooking penalty. Ottawa's on power play. Five to se- or seven to five Washington, but Ottawa can get a point here. Speaking um, of Mantha, isn't this his first reunion this Wednesday yep. in Detroit? Yep. Anthony uh, Mantha will be fun. in Detroit on Wednesday. Wonder uh, what the response is going to be from the fans. I think they'll be. They. I hope they aren't like a. What, like that cock in the Emmy thing where they were booing oh him my and chanting God. his they were chanting, Fuck you, KK. And they were chanting so 6.1. Like, and I'm, then I'm, he lit them up. Imagine like <laughs> somebody trying to chirp you by telling you how much money you make. Like what kind of insult is that? I would have come out with a briefcase of money and just did this all over the ice. <laughs> I would have done the six instead of the, the three he did. Done the Floyd Mayweather and brought out a duffel bag full of bills. God. <laughs> Um, but before we sign off tonight, uh, Jake, I want to thank you for coming on and I want you to plug whatever you would like to plug before we sign off. Yeah. I appreciate you guys having me on. Um, if you guys want to give me a follow on Twitter, uh, the handle is at Rivard NHL. That is R I V A R D N H L. Uh, you can find my work at winging it on Motown.com. Uh, and pretty much anywhere where you see some Red Wing stuff. Um, you know, I'm, I'm around. Twitter is the hockey universe. Give me a follow. I'll holler at you. um, And uh, go wings. Boom.
Brian, final thoughts. Uh, final thoughts. The Calgary, Montreal games, bad. Blackhawks, suck donkey dick. Good. Good. <laughs> um, no, I mean, Lucas it's Raymond. Well. They suck donkey dick well, Ryan. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. Well, uh, semantics. Um, no, it's through these first five, how many games have we played? Five? Six. Six games? Six. Uh, yeah. see, I can't even count anymore. Through these first six games, it's been a whirlwind of emotion, but a good whirlwind. Our highs and are very high and our lows are very low. Yeah. There, there's really no in between at this point, but on top of that though, Mo Sider playing fantastic hockey. He's got five assists looking extreme. He's, I feel like each game that we watch him play, he gets better and him ragdolling a little and playing around with the Brinket the other night finally gave us the Zidane Chara, Brendan Smith moment we've been waiting for. Um, and <laughs> Lucas Raymond is the kid that we had hoped for, and he's just eaten every bit of it up and him and Dylan Larkin are out there just, and Tyler Berduzzi are having a blast and we love to see it. And yeah, that's, I mean, we can only hope that these things continue. We'll see what happens. It's a long ass season, but as long as knock on wood, this team stays healthy. They can make some turn some heads like we talked about, and we'll see what happens at long term. They've got a rough stretch coming up here with some real top tier talent teams. And now we're going to see what guys like cider especially are made of and how they can handle like a Boston and a, a Montreal and a Toronto and a Washington, all strong Florida. offensive juggernaut type teams. Cider's got to uh, shut down Ovi. Yeah. And then Marshand. Oh, oh, I'm going to be in that game. Cider destroying Marshand. Laying him out. Anyways, but no, that, that, I'll get it on video for you guys. I'm going to thank you. <laughs> that, that, that's the fun things that we get right now. And it's because of the youth movement that is finally taking over this Detroit Red Wings team. And that we're not even talking about Nadelkovich. I, I get it. He's 25, 26 years old, but he's played solid defense. Now it's ter- mildly terrifying when he comes out to play the puck, but that's oh, besides the point. He's like, I, Mike I yell at him at least once a game yeah. to get back in. Just going to send it. <laughs> you guys remember getting gray hair, watching Peter Mrazek play. That's, oh, that's the vibe I get. Don't worry. Uh, Toronto doesn't have to worry about Mrazek was worse, <laughs> but no, anyways. So it's, it's, it's a lot of fun hockey as we kind of anticipated and hoped for. And I just hope that these guys stay healthy so we can keep watching it. And RD Ryan 33. Tyler. Yeah. So my final thoughts are um, let's not get smoked in Boston when I'm there in a couple weeks, because the wings have done a really good job of getting smoked. Every time I seem to go, I've been to every game since Oh, two Oh three, I think it was. And obviously there were some years in there where there weren't games, but uh, for a while, the wings dominated the Bruins. And I, I think it was like seven or eight in a row or something like that, that the wings lost. And then they finally won that game where Tyler Bertuzzi almost killed Brad Marchand and Jimmy Howard almost fought to Karask. You guys remember that game? Yeah. So, um, I'm looking forward to that game. Obviously there's a tough stretch going forward here. So obviously hopefully the wings can continue with the effort that they had against the Blackhawks, because if they play with the effort that they did against the flames and against the Canadians, it's going to be six, one, seven, one about those games games. anymore. So, um, but no, I mean, like I said, Raymond cider, these guys, it's going to be good to see all these guys together, especially once Valeno comes up at some point and, uh, hopefully burger in at some point as well. So, I mean, I'm just looking forward to to continue watching Red Wings hockey. That's actually a palatable product to watch. And it really has been fun this year. This is the first time in a couple of years where it's really been, you know what, like I'm, I'm, getting out of my gym sessions in time to watch the game instead of missing, you know, a couple bit of the first period oh, or whatever. Tyler's putting down the weights and picking up the remote, <laughs> but you know, like he's I'm, not flexing on us right now. <laughs> I'm staying in to watch these games. And like, it, again, like I said before, you know, hopefully it can continue. Obviously we've kind of talked at, at nauseum that it's not going to continue the way that it's been, but that means other people need to step up. So, I mean, yep. I'm just looking forward to it, but you can follow me on Twitter at seal dog 91. 
Yeah, I'm going to kind of echo what everyone else said. It's just, it's a lot of fun to watch and that hopefully everyone stays healthy so we can keep watching it and that this top line keeps up with what it's doing. It's, it's been really, really good. Jake, final well, thoughts. Ladies and gentlemen, buckle up. Mr. Iserman's wild ride is going to only get crazier from here. Over I don't like next- Jake's final thoughts anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Over the next few games, we get to face off against, like Ryan said, big teams like the Capitals, the Panthers, Maple Leafs, and the Bruins. Uh, and I think that will be a true test to see how well Iser- or Raymond and Cider will play against this high level of competition. Uh, they've obviously capitalized on teams like Columbus and Chicago, and even Tampa for uh, for the record. But that's the we're going to need to, we're going to need to see how they hand consistently handle top talent night in and night out. And I think this will give us a good idea of how the roster is going to look through the rest of the season, whether we experience a bunch of tough blowouts or a couple surprising victories. I think no matter what the games are going to be fun as long as they don't end up like the last, you know, Calgary, Montreal ones, but we don't talk about those. Yeah, we don't talk about those. <laughs> Lock them out. Talk moving, about those. <laughs> moving forward, not looking back. That is uh, how I think the future is going to go. It's going to be exciting. Uh, win or lose, we still booze. Is, oh, is going right. to be the motto. Woos and woos and booze, right, Ryan? No, 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 <laughs> no, no. Um, but you can follow me online at Bringing the Wing. You can follow the Grindline Podcast online at Grindline Pod. We would love it if you guys could go to our uh, profile on Twitter and join our Discord. A bunch of really good chat in there. Everything from fantasy hockey to uh, EA's NHL game to Griffin's news and team news and prospect news and uh, streams and game day discussion and everything. We've got everything over there on the discord. So if you check out our Twitter bio, the link is in there. Uh, we also like to give a shout out to the hockey podcast network at hockey Podnet on Twitter. Uh, they are gracious enough to host us and spread our podcasts around online. We also like to give a shout out to Howie's hockey tape. Uh, if you go to Howie's Hockey Tape and use promo code GRINDLINE at checkout, you get 10% off your order. And if you use that same promo code on Bring Hockey Back, you get 12% off your order. You have uh, approximately, by the time this gets posted, three days to join our Lucas Raymond jersey giveaway contest sponsored by Vintage Detroit. Uh, basically, all you have to do is retweet our tweet, tag two friends, and follow us in Vintage Detroit, and you will get an entry. You get another entry if you do the same thing on Instagram. Um, reception is very, very good so far. Uh, vintage Detroit's been awesome to work with. They are the best spot to get your jerseys and also get jerseys and stuff serviced. Uh, if you need letter or if you need nameplate replacements, letters, stitching done, new jerseys, custom stuff, they're the place to do it. So that's our plug for vintage Detroit, but that is going to do it for us tonight. Jake, again, thank you for coming on. Uh, so for Ryan and Tyler and Jake, I am Greg. You stay classy. Hockey town.